the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. We have Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com on. Give us a little market updates, a little market insights. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. It's been a while since we've talked, but has anything changed on Wall Street since then? Well, um, the market's still range-bound, <laughs> so I guess okay. you could say uh, say no. But, um, but of course, there's always things going on. That um, you know, since we last talked, we you know seen the start of the third quarter earnings reporting period unfold, um, and that's going to create uh, plenty of headlines for us in the next in the, in the next several weeks here. So we're moving into earnings season. How important is this earnings season that we're starting to get news on? Well, from from my vantage point, I think it's a really important earnings reporting season only because the the market is so much tied up in this belief that you're going to see an acceleration in in earnings growth again uh, starting in the fourth quarter and continuing into the first half of 2017. And, and, And because it's Believing that is why uh, it's been able to sort of kind of hold its nose at some of these higher valuations in the in the stock market right now because um, it believes that the market will ultimately grow into that to that valuation with better economic and better earnings growth down the road here. Um, you know, we've seen uh, S and P 500 earnings uh, quarterly earnings decline on a year-over-year basis for five straight quarters now. Um, the forecast going into the third quarter here would Sets us up for a, a sixth consecutive decline there. However, given uh, the history of earnings reporting, where you typically see the final results come in, uh, you know, approximately three percentage points better than what the estimate is going into that reporting period, uh, it should bear out that we see positive earnings growth here in the third quarter. So, so that would be regarded as an inflection point and an important inflection point, I think, um, for the market, but. Uh, but it's necessary that we get there because uh, if we continue to see earnings uh, underwhelm and continue to see earnings decline against valuations that continue to stretch further, uh, it's just not a good fundamental backdrop. And I think it's you know one of the limitations here for the market right now is that there you know uh, are some underlying concerns about uh, earnings not not measuring up perhaps. You reported briefly in your page one column this morning that Netflix beat expectations and as part of the FANG stocks, it's up 
huge today. Um, I'm kind of surprised that Netflix can move 18, 19, 20% in one single day. Uh, let's talk a little Netflix. And is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is it, I feel old. I feel like, um, why wasn't I in on that investment? Why wasn't I in on that trade? Well, you know, I mentioned to someone the other day, too, right after the report came out, is, you know, it's always this shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, I should have been in that stock before it went up 20%. But, yeah, it can go down 20%, too. I think after its second quarter report, when it failed to live up to growth expectations, the stock went down 15%. So it's just one of those really high beta, actively traded names uh, that, that, you know, has a momentum tag attached to it. And when, when the going's good there, it gets really good. And when the going's bad, it can get really bad in a hurry. So with respect to the third quarter, you have to hand it to Netflix. Um, I think they reported a really uh, strong quarter relative to expectations, um, showed some really strong subscri- uh, net subscriber growth there. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, one of the one of the reasons behind why the stock is acting so well in the immediate aftermath of that report is that there was a good bit of concern heading into it that uh, that Netflix wasn't going to live up to you know subscriber growth expectations, and so it appeared as if there was a building short interest position in the stock ahead of that report, and so I would imagine that there's now some short covering activity going on that's helping to exacerbate that move, but. Um, but I think the fact that Netflix you know offered some really uh, reassuring guidance. And because it uh, essentially in that third quarter helped validate this business model that rides on um, you know original content and international expansion, I think that all came to fruition in the third quarter, and, and uh, you know investors are, are rewarding the company because of it. It's interesting. Um, we both know young people, and I tried to watch network TV last night, and I just couldn't do it. It was just awful. So I kind of. You know, I keep seeing studies out that YouTube and Netflix are dominating network TV, and I don't even think it's a, an elderly thing where I think it's like network TV just stinks comparatively. But any thoughts on that as a man who knows some young people? <laughs> well, I'm getting up there myself, so, uh, and I can say just from my own personal experience too is that, you know, I'll, I'll probably, you know, uh, rotate between ESPN and, and then Netflix. <laughs> Um, okay. So I'm not watching a lot of network TV myself either, but it, but I think it just kind of it does go to show that um, uh, not just within the realm of movie viewing, but just really anything that you know, content is king, right? We've heard that moniker for for many years now with the uh, uh, with the explosion of the internet, and um, and if you've got the content, you're going to get the eyeballs, um, you know, in uh, on some form factor, whether it's you know, TV or a smartphone or a tablet or something. Um, if you if you're in a position where you're paying for something, you want to you want to see good things and you want to get your money's worth. And Netflix continues to deliver on that front, so it continues to attract uh, plenty of eyeballs and plenty of subscribers. And it's um, you know it's obviously turning into a good thing for that company. I live in a pretty bizarre world. I live in San Francisco, the Bay Area, and I drive 101 every day which is a, a big road between San Jose and San Francisco, and I see nothing but cranes, nothing but construction. Home builder sentiment came out today, and it fell slightly, but it remains near 2016 highs. How important is home building at this point in time? Well, um, it, you know, it's, it's an important component of, of the economy there, and I think, uh, you know, what you can see in those sentiment reports is that while home builders 
builder sentiment seems to be up. You know, this was the second highest reading uh, in 2016, uh, even though it was down from the prior month a bit. Um, you're not seeing real strong levels of, of buyer traffic um, either, and um, there's a uh, little bit of confusion there as to why that might be when you see mortgage rates so low these days. And, and it, it would appear to be that the offset is that you, you also have high prices um, that are making you know the affordability factor not as, uh, not as clear as it might otherwise seem to be with these low mortgage rates. So what is really relevant here is more the demand factor. I think that, you know, these home builders have talked about um, having difficulty finding labor to, you know, to build their homes and that the cost of labor has gone up. Um, but I think, you know, like any capitalist, uh, you know, these home builders will keep on building if they know that the, you know, the demand is going to be there. And so, um, so you need greater levels of household formation. I think that that uh, have, has been slow to, you know, to happen after the, the financial crisis here. But, you know, if we continue to see uh, stronger labor market growth, higher wages, um, coupled with the persistence of low interest rates, then I do think you do start to see that, that you know, demand pick up again, uh, and that would certainly be a good thing for these home builders. Speaking with Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, I start every single day with his page one, he gives a weekly um, kind of cap at the end of the week as well. Anything that you're working on right now that we should be paying attention to, Mr. O'Hare? Uh, well, just in the you know the immediate future here, we're going to get a lot of uh, important data out of China tonight. Um, okay. And China's kind of, to me, it feels like China's sort of been just kind of hanging out there on its own, uh, you know, flying under the radar in a way um, for the last several weeks and months as I think as the market's been more and more preoccupied with our election here and with some of the goings-on in, in Europe, you know, in the wake of Brexit. And, uh, and I think that this data coming out of China tonight will get the market reoriented to that economy and, and uh, what we saw late last week with that trade balance report, which was really disappointing. Um, you know, you want to see some some better numbers coming out of China, uh, uh, particularly with the yuan now trading back near a six-year low. And so if you get you know, weak, weak data, there could be concerns about competitive devaluations and the like that create some upset for global markets. And so somebody watching that overnight and engaging uh, the, the market's reaction to that uh, here in the very immediate future. How does someone invest in China without giving specific investment advice, without knowing that the, the listener should consult a broker advisor for taking the action stocks mentioned? How would you tell a family member to invest in China? Do you do it? Do you not do it? Do you go indexes? Do you go to ETFs? Do you go managed funds because they actually have boots on the ground? What are your theories on investing in foreign uh, lands? Right, right. You know, I think like for the average investor, I think you you do work more through actively managed funds, you know, with with companies that have people on the ground that, that really have a good feel for the politics, the economy, the social structure there. Um, it's probably your best uh, avenue because the volatility around those managed funds, those mutual funds, will be you know will be less than it might be in say an uh, an ETF like the uh, like the FXI or something like that. Um, you know, it's just it's just a hard place to to invest in, um, and uh, and so it's probably best to leave it to professionals in that respect and trying to set out on your own to find the you know the next great Chinese company. Sounds good, and I mostly agree with that because 
when I was a younger man, I guess this whole segment goes back to that, I so badly wanted to hit the home runs, and China looked like the home run, and it's it's just difficult to figure out what the yuan is, what Chinese politics are, what different cities are in China. Um, I prefer boots on the ground. But anyway, thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. I start every single morning checking in with briefing.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.